Welcome to another episode of Nerdy and 30. Um, this is season two, episode six. Um, we spewed a lot of hot garbage out, uh, so thanks for sticking around for that. Um, today we have me, uh, Doug, but once again, there is no Lars. Lars is still up to his uh, butthole and and head and ears and everything like that with uh, with work. Uh, so instead, um, I got someone better to take his place. Um, so who are you and why are you here? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm like, should I be working as hard as Lars right now? <laughs> um, I, I'm My name's Rocky uh, and uh, I'm Doug's really good friend from, from high school. Uh, yeah, and I wish we hung out more, but I'm in Boston now, so. Yes, so I, I pulled a Boston uh, Boston transplant, Boston, New York transplant living in Boston. That's more. Yep. Align it. He's, he's currently in the process of curing cancer, um, <laughs> you know, one mouse at a time. Yeah, uh, not really <laughs> cancer, but figuratively, I guess. <laughs> he's getting there. He's, he's figuring stuff out. Yeah, He's definitely sometimes. more proactive than most of us. Sometimes I'm figuring stuff out. Sometimes uh, I'm not. <laughs> sometimes he's just playing with mice. Yeah. And it's not even a euphemism for his penis. <laughs> nope. Uh, so, real quick, welcome. Why are we here? Nerdy and 30 is a podcast about what it's like to be in your 30s and conversationally nerdy. So, not enough to weird you out or make you want to walk away from the conversation but enough to make you feel like you can talk about stuff that's nerdy. Um, our goal is really just to entertain, make you laugh, relate, and be a little nostalgic. Um, we'll slowly become intoxicated. Well, not today. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll hope you have fun listening to us today. Um, trying this out, bringing in Rocky. He kind of saved my skin on this one because it almost became the loneliest episode of the podcast ever. And I would have had to record it by myself. So this I do the one appreciate time that. I... I actually like received your text and texted you back within an hour. I know. I was it was very surprising. Uh Rocky pushing was the hour, notorious but... for not texting back, forgetting his birthday, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um but just a, another disclaimer as always, this is not a children's podcast, so tell your kids to shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of the room. Because this right. isn't for them. Uh, that's good Ear to know. <laughs> it's... Yeah. So, yeah, Rocky, you're free to curse if All you right. want. I'm learning the you rules know, we, as we, we go. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, uh, you know, nothing terrible, you know. But, uh, you know, feel free to not have to censor your language. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, today, we're going to try to talk about a few things. Does Rocky talk tech? We'll see his opinion on phones and other technology. We will talk about Kanye's STEM player, which Rocky doesn't know anything about. So it'll be interesting to get his reaction when he finds out what it is. Uh, and since Rocky is here um, and we've played music together for years and collaborated on stuff, we'll talk real quick about acoustic versus electric instruments. And then lastly, since it is Valentine's Day coming up well, today, uh, that you'll be listening to this. We'll talk about Valentine's Day date ideas, best gifts, uh, if you have any memories of any bad dates or good dates, anything like that. Um, and then 
what's today in history, right? What not to talk mm-hmm. about, right, Rocky? Except for the history of <laughs> Valentine's Day. Which I do not know at all, so. Yeah, so realistically, it's uh, they say that the origin and exact identity of St. Valentine is unclear, but there are at least three St. Valentines in history. All of them are martyrs. <laughs> really? And, oh, yeah, all and all relating to February 14th. Uh, one was a priest in Rome, another was a bishop in uh, Interamna, which is now uh, Terna, Terni, Italy, and third St. Valentine was a martyr in the Roman province of Africa, hmm. back when uh, the sun never set on the, oh, is that the Roman Empire? Was it say the sun never set, or was that the British Empire? Jeez, I'm not sure, but uh, probably Maybe the British, British one. But, yeah. But same, same the applies, one that guess, the one that we pull up originally is February fourteenth, uh, in the year two seventy A.D. Uh, Saint Valentine is a holy priest in Rome, uh, when Emperor Claudius II was uh, in charge. Uh, he was known as Claudius the Cruel and was known for a lot of unpopular and bloody campaigns, and. He was not. He was having trouble getting people to actually join the military, uh, and he believed it was because they had strong attachments to their wives and families. So he outlawed any kind of engagements or marriages in Rome. So Valentine wasn't having it, and he continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. Classic Valentine. Yeah, every time. And naturally, he got ratted out. Someone discovered him. And he got dragged in front of the prefect of Rome. And they condemned him to be beaten to death with clubs. And then beheaded. Are you kidding? So that's Valentine's Day. Yes, and that happened on February 14th around the year 270. Um, Interestingly enough, there is a legend that says that while he was in jail waiting to die, or basically, you know, be um, prosecuted... He left a farewell note to the jailer's daughter, who said he who had become his friend, and he signed it from your Valentine. Oh man, that is uh, morbid. <laughs> yeah, man. So Valentine's Day is really just surrounded, a, possibly yeah. around a guy getting beheaded and beaten with, to death with clubs. Uh, st- Not stakes were order. a lot higher back then, it seems. But yeah, man, that's it's pretty substantial for marriage. Yeah, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> Damn, um, so I'll think of that every Valentine's Day from now on, I guess. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. It'll be a little awkward. <laughs> uh, like uh, so uh, let's talk uh, just some random stuff. So for anyone that didn't catch what Rocky said before, he is in Boston now. Um, and... We don't really see each other that often. Uh, I think well, you were there. Were you there for Kristen's wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, I think it was the last time I saw you. So originally, I usually usually I come down to Boston, or I should say, come up to Boston. Yeah, I guess come up. <laughs> yeah, I come up to Boston. I try to come at least once a year, usually around your birthday. Yeah. Um, but but then COVID happened, yeah. and things kind of got screwed up. Um, so I haven't seen you in a bit. Uh, why don't you, what's going on, man? Uh, on? on another note, I will be down in New York, uh, in early March, but, uh, so I will hit you up. Oh yeah. 
You mm-hmm. might be here just in time for the I baby know. to be born. I know. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? Super exciting. How, how's how's Claire doing? She is a bowling ball. Oh, <laughs> well, it looks like she ate one. Um, but no, she's she looks good. lovely. She looks lovely. There's nothing wrong about her. Um, no, she's good. She's healthy. The baby's healthy. He's kicking around a lot. Um, you know, she's taking day by day. Just a lot of prep. You know, that's that's really all there is. Just um, thinking about the process and it's a little scary. Um, but she's she's powering through. So uh, I guess a few of my friends are pregnant now. It's like kind of crazy to think. I guess it's like we're in our thirties. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Yeah, this is like a uh, normal time, I guess. So it's uh, it's, it's a very thirties thing for sure. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm I'm like my, my biggest fear would be uh, holding a newborn baby. I feel like I'd just faint instantly. <laughs> like, like I, I <laughs> well, I definitely am just going to show you the baby. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't give it to me. I, I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified no. of dropping. It's yeah, like yeah. So so yeah. Rocky, you no longer have permission to. Hold <laughs> okay. The baby. You can send me a picture you of the baby. See, I can but zoom you the baby. Touch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Claire listens to this, so now she's gonna definitely know. She's like, Rocky can't. Yeah, Rocky's anything. not coming near the baby. <laughs> not allowed. Nope, nope. <laughs> um, actually, speaking of people being able to go, people being able to go near the baby, we actually Claire and I both had to get our um our Tdap shots. Oh, okay. So I, I we're all that here too. Um, but I I don't know how long it lasts. I forgot. Oh, as long as it lasts until March. Yeah. Right? That's that's what's important. But uh yeah, man. That's I mean, for us that's what's going on. Yeah, for, <sighs> for me, like uh same same old, just you know, working all the time. Uh it, it's it's uh research, so it's uh slow it, going. It's, it's easy to work all the time because you're like reading or thinking about things and you can come up with like ideas whenever. Like if you look at like my tabs open on google on my phone or my computer i mean there's like a million of them some of them are like how do you make a pizza crust to like <laughs> phylogeny of i like he's like, like blah, I, blah, blah, blah. it's like, really easy to like you're just like it's really easy to just like work all the time because we're doing research but if you know because like you open my tabs and it's just how to make pizza crust oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so i <laughs> do like research a, on did pizza. i did i mention yeah, that a, i'm uh I'm a, I own a pizzeria. <laughs> it's my side hustle. Yeah. It's the side hustle. But Rocky is a very avid uh, bread uh, baker. Yeah. He, he baked some sourdough bread the last time we were there. Keeps me uh, sane. Claire always talks about it. I, f- I feel like you got to have those kind of hobbies if you're working most of the time. It's like, uh, yeah. That, so so the bread thing keeps me sane. You, but one, one easy recipe that I, I think is just incredible that anyone can make is uh bagels fresh bagels they're so good they're they're like like new york style bagels or mm-hmm. I, I guess my friend corrected me they're they're like more like montreal uh style i guess because there's like a honey honey in the in the water okay. uh, and it makes the outside like sweet and and chewy and stuff um you also put like some baking soda in the water I don't know what it does. I guess it increases the pH and, and changes the uh, the crust of the bagel, makes it like chewier, I guess. But oh my God, it, it's it's really not hard to make. And like, it's like, at least coming from New York originally and then going to Boston, it's it's a breath of fresh air because the bagels here are, are not 
they're, they're crap. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I even even one state over, I had to do work in Jersey for a week once. And um, the hotel that we got to stay at, part of their breakfast, they were supposed to do hot breakfast, but because of COVID, they weren't doing any hot breakfasts. Right. So they had these little prepackaged breakfasts. And one of them, well, we didn't really have a choice. They just handed it to us. It was a prepackaged bagel. And the sticker on it said, made with real New York water. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, that's that's saying something. And then I had the bagel, and it was terrible. And I was like, this oh. is not New York water. <laughs> it must it not is, only be the water, I guess. Yeah, right? It's like a drop of New York water. And the rest <laughs> of it is just like, you know, like Jersey Shore water. Yeah. Could imagine where in New York you sample the water from. Like oh, if they, you get it from a probably, faucet, um, that's fine. If you get it from like Gowanus Canal, like yeah, a different story. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have to boil that water. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. And uh, have you been uh, making any music recently, or like that, or just kind of like work and baking? Uh, so more recently, I've been trying to get a hold of my schedule. Like I, I would kind of veer off course and then stay up late one night like i'd do an experiment and it would just last the entire day come back at like 3 a.m and then have to sleep in or so so i've been doing this thing with sarah um my, my girlfriend who who lives in minnesota now so we're we're doing distance for a while so we are um doing these zoom workouts or uh, facetime workouts in the morning at uh at like 7 30 a.m my time, which is 6.30 a.m. her time. But I've been trying to force myself to wake up even earlier. So like, like 5.30. So then you 30. don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, basically. basically. You're, back to, I, you're, you're back to normal. No sleep. I'm, I'm also trying to uh, sleep earlier. So the first time in a really long time, I think I slept before 10, which is crazy. But, um, but oh, so long story short, um, in the mornings, like 5 a.m. until the workout, uh, I've been trying to fool around on, on like my musical equipment, like, like just trying to learn it better. Because I feel like, um, yeah, you accumulate like these synthesizers, these drum machines and stuff, but um, the, the ways that you could program it, maybe you touch the surface of it to do the job that you need to, but there's a lot of other functions in there that that really make your workflow either easier or or more creative like outside of the box like like um so i just got this uh this piece of equipment um it's it's a drum machine but it's a like um uh synthesis base so it's an fm synthesis drum machine um but the sounds are great um because of the synthesis but the um workflow is something that i'm not really used to um at, at least the the step sequencer and the ways that you could program it so yeah, every every morning I've been trying to maybe do like half an hour or so, just just learning it, reading the manual. It feel it feels like <laughs> research actually. <laughs> yeah, like, but uh, it, it's like it's weird that that like if you think of it as an instrument, like if if you like if you play the saxophone or something, yeah, you practice the saxophone, you practice scales, you practice guitar, you scales. Like for me, practice is like reading the manual <laughs> of of the the equipment, but. I get it. You you like to know all of the ins and outs before you even press play, kind uh, of thing. Right? Yeah, but now I'm trying to do it concurrently, so it's like uh, yeah. more of like, oh, okay, that's how you do that. That's how you do that. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's like it's like prep 
verse practice kind of thing like you know because you could be handed a synth and then discover things about it that you wouldn't find in the manual exactly whereas you know by playing around with it without reading the manual you'll never maybe know about certain features because you never went into that you know menu option or etc exactly so it's like it's a double-edged sword like either way like no approach is wrong but you know the, the results will lead to very different structures and styles exactly yeah so i'm i'm more like like before i used to just record and then screw around and then somehow i, I ended up either liking or hating it and then that's how i made music but um now i'm i'm trying to learn a little bit more about the equipment i'm i'm using so i, I kind of took a break from like making music i guess um more just screwing around and not ah. pressing record so there's nothing wrong with screwing around so yeah it's uh most of what i do in every aspect of my <laughs> life so no oh, yeah man that's good um experimentation is key to uh kind of enjoying things more i always think about that when it comes to like kind of any hobby because when it comes to the point where it's just like you know what's going to happen you know the result you know the routine you know, the hobby kind of loses its flair. It's kind yeah. of like a uh, mystery, I guess you could say. So when you are able to kind of like still continuously explore and learn new things about the same item you've had for years, yeah. it's always fun, you know? Exactly. And I realize like even just music creation, um, I have the most fun at it when just random things happen and like, like things don't go to plan. Like if I have like oh, something yeah. in my head, and I play it exactly, and it sounded exactly. It wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't do anything for me, you know. Like, um, like no matter how great it sounded in my head, but like if if something I didn't expect, something completely, I, I didn't anticipate hearing, or um, or maybe that it veers off course into this this very different thing, then oh, yeah, yeah I'd, it's a lot more fun, you know. For sure. I mean, that's why some of the the most recent songs that we were writing like my band's been writing sometimes the drum parts i make are just because in the moment i hit this i I hit the snare on the upbeat instead of the downbeat right or i kind of lost my placing a little bit and then the beat i ended up coming up with ended up working out better than the beat i would have went with yeah and things like that also i mean when we used to play in high school i mean i still have the recordings oh yeah from when we when we when we played and (laughs) we everything was a jam there was not a single thing we did where it was like premeditated yeah i know you know except once or twice but like all the the most interesting parts of what we were doing were always just literally in the spur of the moment kind of sounds yeah and i listen back to him like you know if we kept playing like we sound like the music that's out there now like that's popular as weird as not to toot our own horns but some of our jams are very reminiscent of what's out there or what's, you know, what's popular. Yeah. And, and in certain circles, not every circle. The but. funny thing is I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, like, I mean, like, yeah, you learn music theory in a book and stuff. But then like when you're playing, like, yeah, there, there's notes that you think will sound good. And, and like I, I could imagine if if I was more savvy, I would be like, oh, OK, I could do this chord progression. But like, yeah, basically I stay in the same key and just screw around. Oh, absolutely. Some, some of it sounds, or a lot of it sounded not so great. It wasn't in, in harmony. <laughs> that is but, true. I cut, but, I cut some stuff out. But, that but it, when yeah. it did, it was like, damn, it was okay, point, this, yeah. is, this is nice. Like, oh, I like yeah. That. I mean, I was not a seasoned bass player. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, 
there would be times where it's like I would listen to a bass line I would play. I was like, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> But I, uh, whenever I played bass, for me, it wasn't so much music theory, and I mean that's just because of the fact that I never studied it. I would, always, whenever we would play, it was patterns. Yeah, I would just yeah, look at just... patterns on, oh, like you know, like five seven five seven three. You know, right. it's like that's how I would just memorize things, and then I would be like, okay, well this doesn't work. It'd just be experimentation. Exactly. Could I have learned music theory and then known not to do those things in the first place? Maybe yes, <laughs> but. I wouldn't have come across some other things that I wouldn't have known worked because you have to delve pretty deep into music theory to have an understanding before you can apply it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, so, and I feel like everyone has their, I mean, I mean, there's music theory, which is like a theory of what like sounds good harmonically, but you could come to the same conclusions without reading the book just by noticing the patterns. Like mm -hmm. you notice like oh, this and then that sounds good 95% of the time. Let me try yeah, it in it's, this context. It's also uh it's also the definition of what sounds good. Exactly, you know? yeah. So, I mean, like, if you went, <laughs> if you listen to, like, the Mars Volta and you heard the guitar licks he was playing, like, out of context, you'd be like, he's just hitting random notes. <laughs> I think it doesn't sound good He's just good playing at all. scales and, up and down super fast. It's <laughs> yeah, and, like, sometimes the notes he's playing don't even, they're not even, like, part of the scale necessarily. They're, like, very dissonant, like, yeah. notes. And... You know, the definition of, like, good is, like, usually, like, the major chords. Minor chords usually need to be resolved, uh, like, yeah. try, like you know, certain tones. But, like, a lot of artists use that fact that they don't resolve, and that's their sound now, and it sounds good. Yeah, it's I, all, I, I'm all about dissonance, like, uh, and, and that, that's kind of funny, because, like, when we screwed, like, when we don't know what we're playing, like, when we were playing, there was one through line that that was like solid was Zigoletti was he knew how to play the trumps and i That's noticed true. most of the music i listen to like like there is um dissonance there there is like um sounding almost inharmonic to some degree sometimes it's just noise on the guitar or something but there's like a solid baseline and a solid rhythm and it sounds good like mm -hmm. and, and I, I i don't know my ears just tune into to dissonance like that um and I think that's maybe why we sounded good, because we didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what it is. You you just needed something to tether you. Right. Uh, to avoid you from just drifting off onto a tangent. That exactly. That didn't make sense. Like, if you didn't hear Zigoletti, I, I don't know if the jams would be that great, but but oh, yeah. some of them would. Some of them would. Some of them, yeah. I mean, it, it would flow in and out for sure. Yeah, It would go yeah. very, to very weird places. Right, right, not, yeah. Not in a good way. It'd be bad. That's... <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I listen back to that stuff and like some of the gems, I just remember like us playing and like it'd be like 30 minutes in. Yeah, yeah. Oh like, my God. Would, I just, I I look back and like, especially sometimes now, like if I jam with other people, like I try to like find random people to jam with, like during the pandemic once things were a little safer. Yeah. Like, you know, and whatnot. And I would just find myself playing with people and then like within like, 15 to 20 minutes i'd be like i just want to leave <laughs> you know it's like it's yeah. uh, it's like it's it's getting stale and right. part of it i think is just because people they know what's safe and exactly. they know what they can do and they don't branch out of it i think because we didn't know shit yeah we were just like let's hit this note 
Yeah, or we were just, like, comfortable with each other. Like, yeah. like if I wanted to play a one-note solo, it sounded good when you were playing something completely different. And then, yeah. like, I'll screw around when you play, like, a solid bass line over and over again. Like, like So, so mm-hmm. I feel like we, we matched. But, but the fact that we did do, like, random stuff, I think we just felt super comfortable with each other. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I mean, definitely... Uh what people don't realize is the the synergy between musicians is paramount for yeah, absolutely creating new music i mean that's why like when you put like three random people in a room that are all really good musicians i'm sure they've got the chops and whatnot but that's why like a lot of times when these super groups come together like from like musicians from other really popular bands yeah not a lot happens i mean like there's rare occasions like audio slave like it, it just pops into my head immediately because mm-hmm. that's like a that was like a super group that was essentially Rage Against the Machine with Chris Cornell as the vocals. Right, yeah. And that was one of those situations where it's like a, most of the musicians were all in one band. So yeah. they just needed to vibe with the singer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It just and so like, but like, you know, if, if you have like a rhythm section that's never played together before and whatnot, like it doesn't always work. And a lot of times when I, like so one of the genres I listen to, uh, like a lot of the bands all kind of, they they tour together, or um, the guitarist or the the bass the drummer may fill in for the other the other band, mm. because in some instances like the drummer may also sing. So the drummer from the other band will learn the songs, come in and play, and then the singer the drummer singer can go and just sing and be a little more dynamic. Right. And the bands they get so used to playing with each other on tour or learning each other's music that then they go and they do side projects where they mix up the, like basically it was kind of like when we were doing the talent show, where it was just like three different bands made of the same people playing <laughs> different yeah, instruments, different thing, like yeah. one person was replaced. So it was like they, they start forming bands where it's just like two people go and they play music or three people, and it, it, it still synergizes to a certain extent. You can hear the differences and you can hear the similarities because they still kind of fall back to certain habits, but then because right. they're used to each other, they do still kind of develop a slightly unique sound yeah like everyone brings their own piece and then like when when you feel comfortable enough to both experiment but um also maintain a piece of yourself Mm -hmm. and you just do it with different people it it can make make some good combination and i mean i've also come across the fact that like some musicians are not improvisational they don't Mm -hmm. do improv they they do it needs to be structured beforehand they need to write it out they need to play like that it's like a real musician (laughs) Like, well, yeah, as I mean, opposed it, to myself, like, I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. I'm, yeah, I'm as, just jamming, as like a studio like, musician or a professional musician in yeah. like an orchestra or something like that. Yeah. You, you play pre-composed pieces because you're not the, the, you know, what, not the band master. What's the word? Uh, uh composer. You're, you're not the uh, orchestrator. The, you're not the, the writer. Yeah. The, the, this guy, the one with the, um, conductor. Conductor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're not the person who puts the piece together. Therefore, you don't have to think about that. You just need to perform. You read the notes on the paper. Right. But yeah, it's I think it's very different mentalities. And when you're coming together as a band, having a group that knows their way around improv is super important. Yeah. yeah and yeah. being be, being observant and being able to like, you know, it, it's also adaptability because I because. You know, you like, for example, like if I got put like in a room with you and we were playing, it'd be something where it's like, well, I know for like after we play for a few minutes, I might 
pick up on a few things from you like okay you like to repeat things three times before you change to something else or you like to do dynamic changes where you like to build up and then you like to drop back down right you know yeah, yeah. it's it, you, you pick up on certain things like that but some some people just are not aware and then they'll just like not be able to sync up yeah it's about reading the context and like just uh giving everyone a chance to bring out the best you know like not exactly. overpowering one one other like instrument you know absolutely so i am going to say we'll take a commercial break now okay um and by commercial break i mean an ad break that gets us a few pennies here and there we actually mm. just hit four dollars <laughs> it's so i mean it's it's been a bit uh to get to that point but Do you, you get know four dollars is still like you know it's it's basically enough money to really not not really do much <laughs> <laughs> but uh we'll take this ad break and uh we'll make a few more pennies so uh thanks for listening and uh we'll be right back and we are back um it may have felt like a few moments for you but it was an eternity for us <laughs> uh so we're actually going to get to what we were going to be talking about today we kind of uh went off a bit but you know we don't get to talk often so suck it um so first off rocky um do you know anything about technology <laughs> so how are you with tech i know i'm in boston but i also like live in the box so i i don't <laughs> i don't know anything about uh pop culture or anything uh most people talk about <laughs> so um right. no i i know i have an iphone um <laughs> Well, that's, that's a start. <laughs> yeah. Um, and luckily, it's not broken yet. So it that that's the extent of it. I, I don't know the, the new things. I don't even know if there's a newer iPhone or something. I don't even know what kind of <laughs> iPhone I have, to be honest. <laughs> so if you ever want to know what iPhone you have, in settings, you can hit general and then about, and it tells you what iPhone you have. I... If you ever want to know, but... <laughs> I it's like the mystery. I'm, I'm but not... hey, man, at least you know you have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's better than some people. Um, <laughs> is it? <laughs> it surprisingly, yes. Um, and it's not broken, which is also good, because uh, when I work at Best Buy on the weekends, it's always people coming in with broken iPhones, broken iPads. Oh, man. Screens. It's crazy. Yeah. Honestly, like the way people break stuff, it's insane. My friend broke her... Um phone when we were skiing like uh but not like when she was skiing she uh she was walking up the uh like a wooden like stairway and then mm -hmm. fell and then the phone was right where it felt and it's like like bent kind of like oh. in the middle so yeah, yeah the infamous iphone bend so you went skiing recently yeah it was the first time i went skiing um it's almost like prohibitively expensive <laughs> to ski yeah dude well that's why like you, the only time you experienced snowboarding was when we went yeah and really. you had every uh, and i, yeah, I you, gave you all the gear because <laughs> you're like the same size as me it's great yeah and i was like so, oh yeah, snowboarding is not bad you could do this all the time like yeah like, but when you have to rent all the stuff yeah, it adds up real quick oh, man yeah it does seriously i'm just but, glad you got out of it without busting anything in your knees yo that that's what i like about skiing is it hurts so much less than snowboarding but you can get hurt a lot easier 
though. Yeah, probably. But I'm. I mean, well, I'm you remember we went like... when we went with uh, my friends that last day. He decided to go skiing. My friend Evan. Yeah. And he he tore his like MCL and ACL oh, or whatever. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh man. And then yeah. we had to carry him up like six flights of stairs oh, when we got God. back to New York. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's because he decided to go skiing one day. <laughs> So, because you just got to be careful with that. I mean, yeah, that's why I like snowboarding, because it's just like you're on one stick. Yeah, you're going down on one side. So the first time I went, I should have probably went to the hospital. Like, like my whole left side was was hematoma, just black and blue. Like, and I couldn't fit in my pants because they were so swollen. (laughs) It (laughs) It was, it was a sight, man. It was, this was, this, to be fair, this was the first time Rocky went snowboarding. Oh my God. Um, And we did take him to Vermont. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like we took him to a bunny slope. We just like took him to like, we had him go up the mountain and we're like, just got to go back down. Yeah. Oh my God. But I, I was reckless. Like, oh man. Yeah. It, like I fell like felt pain in the moment but the oh, adrenaline man. you don't really feel like the pain until like a few days after when you're like oh my god and it helps like when you fall you're basically also icing your wounds yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah man you uh you were bruised the fuck up yeah oh uh, man th- there was one point where i lost feeling in my fingers they turned white and i had like a black and blue like a hematoma like further up in my elbow i massaged my elbow and then, like, where the hematoma was, and then all of a sudden the blood rushed back to my hand. <laughs> I, I probably should have gone to the hospital. Yeah, and, man. It's like, <laughs> I think you had a stroke. Yeah, I, and the, the, the second time, I, I'm pretty sure I broke a rib. <laughs> this is the second time I went with you with the snowboard. Hey, yeah. man, it's, it's all right. Well, we haven't gone since. It's, it's definitely something we need to do. I just got to, like, fit back into my pants. Yeah, That's my only problem. I, I went once and I just realized like I got too fat yeah. because one, I had to buy new pants and then two, I couldn't buckle my, my bindings uh, because the way they worked was like, I put my foot in and then I, I push it up it from the back, but I have to lean over and do it. Mm. But I was so unbalanced because I got heavier that I couldn't even bend down to do that. Like, not like I'm like, not like I'm like so fat that I can't bend over, mm. but it was just like. To kind of lean back and like balance yourself to clip it in, like, you know, it's just like I had I had found out that I had hit that point. Yeah. So I mean, you can get back. It, like, yeah. No, that's the whole thing. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. I'm gonna have like joining. twelve weeks off. So aside from taking care of the baby, I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna get back into my uh my snowboarding pants. It's my goal. Yeah, just do squats with the baby. You know. That's what it is. Yeah, man. Gravity is uh your best friend. Yep. <laughs> We're doing the balls. morning workouts. <laughs> <laughs> they just sag. Sag, sag, sag. Um, but aside from that sad note, uh, so I guess in this case, Rocky, since um, you're not really super techie, um, do you use your camera a lot on your phone at all? Yeah, I, I, I do use my camera a lot. All right. Um, so basically like the new phones, like some of the biggest features on new phones are their cameras. So Samsung just released a new phone, for example, and they have a hundred times zoom on their phones with a three times optical zoom. Mm. So what that means is like, so the optical zoom means it'll zoom in without degrading the quality. 
Okay. And then after the three times zoom, it can zoom in to uh, a max of a hundred times digitally. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Oh, I only but it see what you're saying. But it, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I misspoke. No, actually, no, I didn't misspe misspeak. It's a, it's because it's like a 108 megapixel camera mm. in the phone. So when you zoom in, because it's so pixel dense, you can zoom in like right. 50 to 100 times and, and you still resolution. get like, it's still grainy, mm. but you still get a half decent image. But what's nice about that though, is that because they're focusing, the cameras are so powerful for furthest distances. It means that when you're doing like a standard distance photo, the image quality is getting better. Mm. So something that's big now is the bouquet effect, which is where it blurs everything around you. Oh, and right. then it's like a portrait. So that's something that's been like better. And then the other thing is low light photos. So it's kind of crazy because now with these phones, you can take a low, you can take a photo in the dark, and you can see more in the photo than you can actually see with your own eyes. Oh yeah, and I, I know that from the dark mode, it's like kind of crazy. The... Yeah. So um, yeah, so I mean, right now Samsung just put out essentially their next top tier phone line, and it's you know gonna be competing head to head with like the new iPhone 13. 13's the newest one, by the way. Huh, okay. Oh, so like... you might have, like, depending on how many camera modules you have on the back number of lenses, you can sometimes tell which phone you have. You probably have, like, it's probably, like, the 11 or something. I got this one. I think that's the 11. Okay. It's the same one that Claire has. Cool. Yeah. So you're yeah. not too far behind. Congratulations. <laughs> I actually expected you to have, like, an iPhone 5, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think I might have, and then it just, like, I, I cracked Died. it. Yeah. I mean, it, it better off because <laughs> that's old, man. Yeah. But yeah. all right, cool. But all right, yeah, so, no, I'm enjoying this this phone. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool sometimes to get in to to know about some of that stuff just because you can kind of see what features are in there, and you never know what's going to catch your eye. Because I mean, sometimes it's like the quality of the audio recording, the slow motion recording, like especially for someone like ourselves who try to record our own music from time to time uh having the ability to do uh, a video alongside it and putting the music over it for example mm. and a lot of times now the quality of these cameras you don't need to buy a separate high-end camera you know you can shoot in 4k without any problems on these phones or 60 frames per second which you know to gain nice action shots and then you can use you know built-in software on your computers to just meld it all together and sometimes they have the the software built into the phone, huh. and you can literally edit a high quality video from your phone. Huh. So it's, it's something that it's something definitely that can become a useful tool for my my non techie friend here, Rocky. <laughs> Sounds uh, good. But let's move on. Uh, so as I mentioned, there's Kanye's Stem Player, or more specifically, it is called. Uh, no, it's just it's a Stem play, Stem Player. He um, actually, this gets shipped with his album uh, Donda, Donda. Uh, that's like his newest album that came out. So you can purchase it to go with the album. And what essentially it does, it it's um, the stem refers to uh, the audio layers in the songs that Kanye has. So you can load up the album into this little thing. It looks like a little Google Home. Um, I'll share my screen with Rocky so he Wait, can see what I'm so, talking about. So he keeps like the separate tracks or not, I guess, I guess different song parts, like you could separate them. Yeah. So this is, this is a stem player. 
Oh, that's um, cool, actually. It's like a mixer. Yeah, if for anyone that it looks like a it looks like a Google Google Home Mini. Um, it's super small. It looks like it's got a, pl a colorful plus sign around it. And essentially, what this does, it's got a speaker built in, and you can load up the album, and then you can control the different stem parts or the different samples of each song. So you can have parts of the song being in reverse. You can have parts of it go faster. You can change the 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 pitch. Um, you can t and or the the BPM. So you can essentially remix every single one of Ka uh, Kanye West's new songs from his album. That's that's such a cool idea. I actually love that. It's and like... the other cool thing about it is the fact that you can load any samples into this. That's cool. Yeah. So you can take any songs, throw it into this, and then you can remix the song in real time. And it's got an audio out jack, so you can connect this to an external speaker and sit there and in real time essentially remix a bunch of songs and just start DJing for people. <laughs> that that's really cool. It, it really puts it like into like the yeah, everyday a, consumer like they could basically be a producer it seems. Yeah, it's a surprisingly cool thing. So it like if you it's on kanyewest.com. It's like right off his website. So you can customize any song um splits any song into stems. Uh, control vocals, drums, bass, and samples. You can isolate parts, add effects, four-channel lossless mixing, uh, real-time loop and speed control, tactile effects. You can save it. You can play it back. You can download other mixes. And then, you know, there's updates to it as well. It's got Bluetooth, haptic feedback, four-touch sensors, uh, 97 decibel speaker, which is actually pretty cool for such a small thing. Thing. <laughs> It's USB Type-C, which is really cool. Uh, that's essentially latest tech. It's got built-in 8 gigabytes of storage, uh, but obviously you can export items. You know, a single song is not 8 gigabytes. You can store a lot of songs with 8 gigabytes. Uh, and then it supports a ton of different uh, audio formats, which is also really cool. So you're not particularly limited. It's, you know, it's all the popular ones. MP3, Wave, AAC, ALSC, um, M4A, FLAC. So, I mean, FLAC is a big one now. A lot of people are pushing for FLAC because of the audio quality. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's a, definitely a really cool device. So so you can um, split any song into into its, like, different parts? Uh, I, I'm wondering how it less. does that. In interesting. So so it probably takes it by, like, frequency range or, like, a Yeah, a I mean, it doesn't really specifically say it, but, I mean, it's probably not too difficult for it to do it. It probably does it via frequency like that. Yeah, or or like uh, sound recognition of certain, I guess like um, uh, timbre of like different instruments or whatnot. Yeah, I'm sure, it, and I'm sure it works better on certain songs than others. Obviously, it'll probably work flawlessly with Kanye's album because yeah. <laughs> his he probably it's probably made to be able to do that, like his songs. Right. And the and possibly the software that came with it might have it already preloaded with the format to work flawlessly. Uh, you know, but it, it does say like from the video I've watched that like, you can essentially split it up like any song, really. That's cool. Cause uh, yeah, at, at first when you described me, I thought it was just like, he was sending all his different like stems, like that he used to mix and produce like a song, but, but this is cool. So, so it, it isolates any song and then you could isolate the parts and then remix it yeah. however you want. That that's that's interesting that's really cool 
because then it puts yeah, like so, the power in the consumers and yeah i came across it really randomly um because i was kind of looking for different stuff to do and i saw an article about this and i clicked on it, and i'm like oh this is like because like i said number one it looks like a little audio speaker that you would have like like i like i have the little one like in my bathroom to like play the news or listen to music while i'm brushing my teeth but like this is the same size but it's like it's such a nifty little thing i mean the price tag is two hundred dollars oh so there is that okay but i mean for what it does you know if you think about what you would normally need to do to take a song break it down and then be able to remix it like that you're you know you're talking about an audio interface or you're talking about getting a daw needing to have a daw learning how to use that software and a lot of times to get a daw you're spending a ton of money like for the licensing and this is literally just like a nice little package you plug it into your computer you can save everything you're doing and essentially you could probably just run it right in as an audio piece and then just save the audio and then call it a day and you could probably do it on some like free software like audacity like what i'm using right now uh, without any kind of quality loss i, I think the simplicity of it is pretty cool because um because mm -hmm. like in theory i could imagine you could uh use like one of those free DAWs and then um yeah and then maybe they have like a free sample like sampler plugin where you could do like samples and then kind of mangle the samples but uh the, the i feel like the learning curve is so much higher than just being able to extract the the necessary parts from any song you want you know then well yeah this this dumbs it down so yeah. much because like I, I i don't even really know how to use like every I, like i'm still trying to wrap my head around some of the functions on on the, the logic sampler for instance yeah but, uh, logic pro is definitely uh it's a, it's a it's a big it's a big rabbit hole yeah so so like the learning curve like if you could skip that and then just get the information you want you do do the functions that you want that's kind of cool i don't know if i'd pay 200 dollars, but um well yeah i mean like if you if you have the money to throw at it then sure it really just depends on the person right right but it is a pre pretty cool concept i really haven't seen anything exactly like this before yeah this is really cool yeah um so yeah that's kind of why i want to talk about that especially because i believe you mentioned that you had just gotten that new sampler you were just talking about it earlier and you know this kind of falls in line with that where it's just like well it, you know obviously except one is more complex Obviously, your sampler that you you have is going to allot you a lot more flexibility, mm. uh, and you know things like that. But learning curve obviously is larger. Yeah. So so it's actually uh, not the uh, this one, right? The one that. Sorry, did I say sampler? I meant oh, synthesizer. Yeah, yeah, the synthesizer. So it, it doesn't do the samples, but um, so this is the Electron uh, model cycles. There there was also a sister product from from the electron brand uh model samples and that you can not a sample not not a uh sponsor but yeah not, not a sponsor <laughs> but, but yeah no no i i really love this thing it's uh it's it's a groove box in every sense of the word you could mangle different sounds like the presets are are great to start off with but then you could um come up with like these really unexpected sounds um by changing the presets globally for every uh part of the um so like in a drum like, like if, if you want a drum beat you could have six different voices so six different instruments playing at the same time and usually you tweak maybe one instrument at a time because you want 
one instrument to sound different at a time. But mm -hmm. they have this function that you could control all of the uh, sounds of, of every instrument at the same time, which can create some really unexpected results. Um, and then you basically like dive into this like rabbit hole of just like mangling this the, the parts and whatnot. But then all you have to do is uh, press like a few buttons or like one button and then it resets to to like before to you default. mangled it. Yeah. So so you could get lost in a lot of just like different sounds and but then come back to reality. Um, yeah. At the click of a button. So, That's pretty cool, man. So I mean, that that kind of reminds me of when uh, when I still played bass, I had that boss multifunction pedal mm. and I could do a bunch of presets on it. And I remember sitting there for hours because when we were both like super big into tool, yeah, like like diehards, and uh, like they they came out with Ten Thousand Days, and we were gonna cover the song Vicarious, mm. and or when we we were playing, whenever we would like jam, we would play H, mm, yeah, yeah, and uh, I would sit there for like a long time trying to perfectly mimic the tone and effect that he would get on the bass. Mm. And so like, it's like that same thing. It's like you sit there and like, it wasn't a super advanced, uh, you know, pedal, but because of the fact it was multi-effect, you could sit there and like, like you said, like you tweak one thing up, one thing down, one thing left, one thing right. And you include or, or remove a certain effect. You can change the tone entirely and you can change the effect of entirely. But like, like you said, like it, it is a rabbit hole. Cause I would just sit there for like hours just playing around and then I would set them so that way, whenever we would jam, I would be like, I would click, 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 and I could just bounce in between them. And yeah. it also had the wah pedal on it. So oh, I would just right. wow with it too. Because <laughs> I remember um, Lateralis at the, at the, uh, with the bridge of Lateralis at the end. It's mm. like, it's like a siren kind of effect uh, with the, with the bass. So I would uh, do the wow, wow, wow. So that yeah. was fun. I miss but playing yeah. around with the uh, guitar. I still have a bunch of my guitar pedals. Um, they're I, I, they're actually I, they're under the couch I'm sitting on. So, but, <laughs> so uh, let's let's allude, let's bring that into the next thing, which was acoustic versus electric. Because I mean, technically, the guitar pedals, even though they're, I well, I guess they're, they're I, I guess you could say like digital versus analog, more or less. Because okay. the guitar pedals, more or less, are not digital. They're for better words, they're they're elect they're analog for the most part. Some of them, right? Yeah. They're running th they're running through like a like running through a circuit board it, to it, a certain extent. I guess I guess it depends on. Uh, so Maybe I'm like, wrong. You, you could have a digital delay. Um, oh, that's true. I I think I'm forget what I said. I probably said something dumb. Uh, no, um, I mean I guess it depends on the uh, what you're working with and um, what what kind of analog system. Like um, it, the way I think of analog is it's more just like a gradient, um, and mm -hmm. like certain uh, like if you're using tubes, let's say like you probably heard of like tube warmth or, or like uh, yeah. analog. Warmth. Uh -huh. And I I don't know like to me I, I do feel it and hear it but maybe it's just because i'm playing it and you get that high when you're you're hearing it, like a tube overdrive where you just like right. load up the tube and and then you have this breakup like a warm distortion kind of fuzziness but like very like you wouldn't call it distortion it's just like a touch of it um right i get what you're saying yeah and it, it like 
like kind of beefs up like a certain frequency range that that makes you feel like a, a little more rounded out. Um, yeah, so I, I think when, when people talk about analog warmth um, in, in terms of like tube amps or tube driven things, um, yeah, th that's kind of like uh, what, what I think they're they're um, alluding to. But um, you could get some really cool uh, sounds from from digital stuff too, like, like uh, things that are not necessarily analog. Um, some some of the synthesizers I use are, are digital. Like um, for instance, um, I, I, this is a synthesizer that this drum machine, the Electron um, Metal uh, Model Cycles, but it's a FM synth, um, which is in theory um, a digital synth. But um, you could get s sounds that sound really big and and huge, like like as if it were like an analog synth, but um, it's digital. So like like so sometimes you you can't tell the difference. Gotcha. Yeah. No. It'd be it'd be it'd be someone that's really like splitting hairs when they right. when they uh, get to that point. Yeah. So so I guess it depends on the context. It's not really like digital versus analog but um okay. i guess different different contexts like uh at least for me I, I prefer different different things um or or maybe they have a different uh role to play in in general but yeah so i mean do you find now that you might have more of a preference towards digital as opposed to analog or even just saying you know leading this into acoustic versus electric you know, do you find that you find yourself leaning more into electric and digital as opposed to like a mixture of, you know, acoustic and electric or acoustic and digital or anything like that? Like, do you have preferences now? So at least when it comes to recording, like I, I wish I did more recording, capturing acoustic sounds because like if you think about it, the room that you're in, um, the the way the sound bounces off the walls, the uh, like, like uh, an acoustic clap, like you know, like like us, our voice now, it, it's all going to be affected by not not only the what's picking up the sound, like the microphone, but the room you're in, like having a field recorder, like and going out hearing the cars or like um, hearing like a walk sign or something, recording that and sampling it, you you get everything that you would normally hear with your ears naturally. Um, and to, to me that, that it, I don't know, you associate things in every day. Like it, let's say I used um, the beat of like a train track, like a train rolling over the train track and it's like in beat. And right, then right. I sampled that and I use that as like a drum beat. I, I feel like the, the nuance that, the, of the sound of the train because it's acoustic and because I, I know what a sound of a train sounds like and I associate it with something in my head. But even though if, if I mangle it and, and in my recording and it doesn't sound like a train anymore, it sounds like a drum, there may be like a, some information that in my head I'll reminisce of a train, you know? Oh, like, like you'll still you'll still recognize it even though one might assume that it's not you you wouldn't be able to discern that it's actually a train, but you think subconsciously exactly yeah you'd still have some kind of connection like to it some some association uh, based on my knowledge of growing up with trains hearing a train um, I'll know what it sounds like and, and I'll associate it with things throughout my life 
And then when I hear the sample, even though it doesn't sound like a train, it has the whole information, the acoustic information of the train. And when I hear it, I might sound, I might feel something different than if it was purely synthesized um, with the synthesizer. Um, does that make sense? Like, like kind of. No, no. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, you're you're basically saying that you think that if you have an an acoustic source or an analog source it'll retain some kind of data that no matter how much you adjust it or make it unrecognizable to the source, your brain will still associate. Yeah, Whereas so if you use a completely digitally created sound, which you can also argue that that digital sound yeah. ha might have an analog origin yeah, to a yeah. certain extent, but uh, you're basically saying that the digital one, it's in, a, in essence, it's cold and, and disconnected. So you can't really necessarily relate it back the same way subconsciously you might if uh, it was something like the train. So so I wouldn't necessarily say it's like cold. I, I mean, I would just say that it's like a different thing. Like I, I, I wouldn't necessarily use uh, – and this I, I well, don't do. I, well, I, I kind of want to do Because we're talking warmth, warmth right? Yeah, so yeah. if we're using warmth, we'll go the antithesis of warmth would be cold. Yeah, That's, I, that's why I'm using that. Yeah, I, I guess um, – in terms of uh, acoustic versus uh, digital uh, or, or electronic, um, I, I wouldn't say it's the same necessarily as like analog versus digital with the warmth. Uh, mm -hmm. for, for me, the the acoustic uh, it captures more, um, and and it it would be it's like something cool to use like in recordings. But I, I still I still use tons of electronic stuff and. And uh, it doesn't necessarily sound like cold, because you could still use. I get what you're saying because you can still yeah, you can analog. mimic it. You can you can recreate it. Like you yeah. can add a room effect onto, and you know a direct in guitar recording. Yeah, you yeah can, exactly. Or you can put in. Uh, you can model. Uh, it. You, can, you can. Yeah, you can use a model. Uh, but you're saying that even even if you did like you know let's say where you recorded a, a guitar direct in and then you tossed uh, a stadium effect on it, it wouldn't really 100% feel the same as if you had recorded a guitar in a stadium. There's still a slight difference. Yeah, I mean, like, I, 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 that, that I, I, it's hard to say. I mean... It, it, well, because, I mean, there's, I guess it's like, it, it's a lot of different things we're kind of picking at right now. Yeah, yeah. Because, there's, you know, it's the idea of, like, you subconsciously will always recognize the source uh, noise, the source recording, right? As opposed to something completely digital, where you it doesn't have a tie-in necessarily, unless yeah. like for example, it's the ping that you always hear from your iPhone, and then someone remodels that. Because technically, that's an interesting one because you're taking yeah. a digital sound, mm -hmm. you're hearing the analog, you're hearing it audio from it. And then you're remodeling that analog sound, so that's kind of like a mind fuck. Yeah, the acoustic sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I like but before, that. A lot. Before before so, we before we incept the this the sounds, um, do you feel now like because you you play like obviously I think just for convenience and you can see it also just like in, in the whole audio and music world, there has been that big push to digital. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just easier. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you, to plug a guitar and plug a bass in and whatnot. I mean, like, even myself, like, I bought an electric drum set. 
Oh, you did? Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, I, I bit the bullet. I bought an electric kit. I have a Roland uh, TD27 KV now. Oh, cool. Uh, so uh, it was a birthday present to myself. I'm sorry, birthday mm. present. It was a Christmas present, which in essence is so expensive, it's going to also be my birthday present. <sighs> um, <laughs> but it was one of the things where it's like I knew the baby was coming, mm. and I can't set my drums up yeah, and play yeah. even during regular hours. And this way I can play whenever I want. And I've, you know, I've been dying to kind of just sit down and collaborate with people as well. And now I've got this, you know, drum set, digital set, drum set set up. And I can literally just plug it right in. Everything is already, like, EQ'd. Then, and I can actually, the module's really cool because you can actually adjust the volume. You can add effects to specific drums. You can change out drums from different models that are there you can mm. import new uh models uh you can use external programs and just use them as triggers mm. uh, through the computer and i've been playing around with it a lot and now they're getting a lot more advanced where it's like it used to be like one sound from each one and now it's you know the ride symbol has three zones so it's got you know like uh. the edge of the symbol it's got the middle of the symbol and it's got the belt and depending on how hard i hit it can feel it so it knows whether it's to ring out more or not. The only thing is, like, I, I can't I can't um, choke the crash cymbals. Oh, right. It doesn't recognize that. But the new cool feature is that the snare drum module, I can cross stick. So I can lay my stick on the on the snare, on the head, and I hit the edge. And it will ah. recognize that that is a cross stick effect huh, because of cool. the fact that I'm resting my hand there. Um, and then, you know, it recognizes the opening and the closing of the hi-hat where I'm hitting it on the hi-hat. Um, it recognizes I'm hitting the rim on the toms and it's, and I got my double bass drum pedal set up for the, oh, cool. the, the bass drum module. I mean, it's definitely a very different feel mm. because of the mesh heads, but now you can actually, you can actually get a drum key and you can actually oh, you adjust can the, the tension on the heads. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. now I adjusted the head tension on the snare. So I get a lot more bounce back. Huh. And I was thinking about lowering the tension on the ones that are replicating my floor tom. So mm. I don't get as much bounce back. So I get a more natural response, right? And that way, when I if I when I transition from practicing on a on an electric and I go back to acoustic, I don't get too messed up because I was watching videos about that. They said generally people that only play on electric kits because number one it's convenient, uh, and number two like it's just like it's also it's more compact. Mm -hmm. So people that generally play electric the biggest issue they have is that they cannot control their dynamics. Oh, gotcha. So they don't know how hard or how light to hit a drum because, you know, when you're playing on your kit, oh, well, the hi-hat's too low. So instead of hitting it hard, you just turn the dial and make it louder and you hit the same in the same mm. strength. Same thing with the snare. You can hit it hard. Oh, it's too loud. Lower it down. You can keep hitting hard and it's low. And then also, like I was saying, the tension on the heads they're not used to the actual feedback of the bounce that you get from a, a skin on a drum. So when they go from playing on these like rubber or mesh heads that that give them a certain amount of like uniform resistance across the board, mm. when they go to a floor tom, well, they can't play 16th notes at like 150 BPM on the floor tom because it just doesn't bounce back enough Right. because the, the reaction is slower. Um, or getting like a specific like pop off the snare. Mm. Or for me, the biggest change is the bass drum. 
because it's like the bass drum there's not as much bounce it just goes Doot. like so i oh, have really? to i have to rely on the spring tension in my mm -hmm. bass drum pedal and then get used to how that bounces back because it's not and i realized drum, it when right? i went it's, hmm? like, it's not hitting like an actual drum drum it's yeah like hitting a yeah pad that's or something. that's the only thing it's just like that one it just doesn't replicate as well it mm. like that's the that's the only shortcoming on this model uh gotcha. where a lot of people were just like it was criticized because it's like it's a nice kit the nice electric kit and it's expensive i really it's the most expensive drum item i've purchased ever mm. and it's just like the 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 drum head for the bass drum you would think they would have included the somewhat nicer one that gives you a little bit more surface area and almost more of a like a tension be able to adjust the tension and they don't really do that on this one mm. uh, it's more almost like a practice pad vibe but it fits both the pedals, so I'm okay with it. But it's definitely a lot of getting used to, and it's gonna build up a lot of dexterity if I keep practicing because I have to, I have to account for it. But I went and I played on a, an acoustic kit for band practice, and I just I was not getting the same feedback. I mean, I was using different pedals, but also the response of the the acoustic bass drum head was wildly different from the electric one. Mm. And so yeah, I mean, it goes back and forth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me now though, I mean, I've, I've always found them super interesting and I've always liked the idea of going electric for convenience and, uh, simplicity and just overall, I can just be more productive. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I have that little bias where it's just like that, that unique tone that you can get from your drums and no one else's drums. And like, you just kind of get used to get used to the nuance of how everything reacts Mm. uh it just feels like more ownership um even though it's more of a fucking pain in the ass to possibly record a drum kit <laughs> yeah it sucks so much i still remember when you came over to my parents house to record oh my god yeah it yeah it, it does make it so much easier to to do like i, I guess uh when you could separate those sounds because i remember when i came over i was playing just the hi-hat part and then okay we're done with the hi-hat Okay, now just play the snare part. <laughs> just just on and, two and four. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It was like... And, for like and, 20 minutes, two and four. So, so like, yeah, I, I guess there is something to um, to the ease and simplicity of it. Like, like, like for instance, like, one of my synths um, is a digital representation of an analog synth. Um, so I have it right here, actually. It's the Roland... Roland... Um, ju06 it, it's supposed to be a remake of um this classic synthesizer the the juno 106 uh it, it's it it does like pads like like ethereal kind of pads they do a lot of other stuff too like 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 the um you know the intro to stranger things yes uh it it's made off of a juno maybe not the 106 but um that that kind of sound so it could be like beefy as well mm -hmm. but but the thing about the original Junos is, uh, I, I think it was like very uh, finicky. Like, like some some parts like would die, and then you'd it, it really the the voltage source is kind of not constant, so you get like unexpected results sometimes. But like to the sound, so there is that randomness, which is kind of cool. But then sometimes it it just breaks. I, I heard <laughs> so so like like this is digital, but it it's been great. Like like um. It sounds just like it to me, to, to my to my ears. Um, right, but so, it's also because you've you've never really experienced the original. Yeah, and exactly. The, the, 
and the the randomness that may occur right and, and maybe there is like um some sentimental value that like a placebo effect about about like an analog piece but mm-hmm. to me i i i love this this thing and like would i pick like a more expensive analog model over this um probably not cuz uh i don't want to pay for repairs <laughs> fair enough and uh i guess we can definitely say at this point um rocky I think you're qualified for not only the 30, but also the nerdy part of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone was expecting it to get uh, so nerdy uh, when we're talking tech uh, for music equipment, but it it does, it does get like that. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Um, Um, Yeah. But that's really cool. Uh, We haven't really kind of dived in depth uh, about like music and recording equipment like this to this certain extent. So it's kind of cool. Um, but before we uh, spend another hour talking about it, <laughs> we're going to go and do our last topic, okay. uh, which is it might not take as much time because neither you or I probably experienced too many of these. Uh, actually, no. You know what? I think we have. Actually, I take that back. We're we're men about town. Uh, Valentine's Day, date ideas, best gifts, memories, good and bad, etc. So, uh, you know, you are the guest today, and um, you have the interesting situation where you are long distance mm-hmm. once again. So, what? Uh, how are you going to be doing Valentine's Day this year? So I actually forgot about it, and I think Sarah did too. But, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, but yeah, like that uh, sounds about right. We we both are like super busy. She she's actually in Chicago now visiting her brother. Um, but. It's funny because like I think one of our first Valentine's Day like we love doing activities together like like new things like we tried painting we tried doing like I think one of the Valentine's Day last Valentine's Day we took a cardboard box uh turned it into a sled and then went sledding <laughs> like, like like just down this uh, hill cuz it was like snowing that day and we went with our roommate too so so it was like the three of us um and then we we just had like a a random day yeah we we, uh we had like this cardboard box and and then there was like this uh some people made like a ramp on this hill so so we were we were just going sledding um then we went to like this olive oil shop and, and 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 like it was just any other day but it was like an excursion it was like an activity i think the the time before that it's funny enough i i bought her a synthesizer so i because we we were like okay she she used to sing and she used to play piano and then um i i, I like writing music I, I don't know how to play piano but i know how to use like one finger on the synth and come up with like something but like um uh i bought uh, her her us like a digital synthesizer and it it sounds great it's um and, and we just played music the whole day so so yeah, that was That's like really cool. two two date ideas. Uh, well, for 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 me, just because like we we like doing activities. Um, I mean, that's honestly it's some pretty cool date ideas. I mean, obviously there's the spontaneity of just like taking a fucking cardboard box <laughs> and bombing down a hill. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool in and of itself. But also, I mean the uh, the idea of just you know grabbing a synthesizer and spending the day just messing around with sounds and whatnot. That's also really cool too. Yeah, she she was on some the pretty solid date ideas. I wasn't expecting it, Rocky. <laughs> pretty good it's just uh it's not even like I, I didn't it's like one of those things you forget it's valentine's Day. it's just like an occasion to do something different i, I don't know like 
yeah she, she was playing yeah. the synth i was playing guitar like we we both had a looper pedal and then we just both made some weird sounds and sound it was great that's really cool that's that actually sounds like a really fun time oh that's super cool. fun yeah uh, my, yeah. my my roommate was there too, but like not in the room. Like like he could hear everything from outside he, the room. He was he was watching from the closet. Yes, <laughs> clothing optional. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty cool. Um, so I mean it's par for the course. I'm not surprised you honestly were forgetting it was Valentine's Day. Uh, it's my fault. I should have called you and reminded you. Um, Every single so holiday, man. <laughs> I'll I'll take uh. I'll I'll take the the blame for this one. <laughs> so uh, what about you and Claire? What do you uh what are your I ideas? I mean like you know it's it's funny kind of like you said that um where it's like an excuse to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh I I'm always kind of random because I kind of get into funks sometimes where mm-hmm. I'll be like working heavily or I'll be like just like stressing over random things that I need to get done and then before I know it like weeks will go by or whatnot yeah. and we, we haven't done anything in a while. And then I'll just randomly do stuff. But like you said, like having these little holidays here and there, it kind of gets you to to purposely plan something. Mm. Um, honestly, I was also thinking about the idea of maybe just creating my own holidays. Yeah. <laughs> so that way my holidays would occur when no other holidays are going on so we can have our special occasions and not have to worry about everyone else all doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, uh, yeah, I mean like – we we kind of do very uh very like the kind of like the obvious traditional things like uh cuz we love food mm. so we'll do dinner but we we like seeing friends so like if we have the opportunity of like going on a double date or a triple date we'll do that i mean like we literally just went yesterday to this italian restaurant in rockville center called dario's mm. and it is like there's nothing bad there really oh that's the awesome the food is so good it's insane. Like, we were, like, so pumped to go there. The food was delicious. What'd you get? And, uh, so I got a veal chop that was stuffed with prosciutto and, uh, and I think, uh, was it mozzarella or, like, uh, Parmesan cheese mm. and, like, a hunter sauce, like a mushroom hunter sauce. And it came with a side of mashed cauliflower. It was really good. What's Claire got, sauce? um, it's not tortellini. Cause it's 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 tortatini or torn in torta uh tortali, I don't know how it's pronounced. Basically, like the ending of the word on tortellini refers to the size of the pasta. So there's actually uh, like three or four of them. So it's not actually like the little tortellini. It's actually a larger version. So it actually has a slightly different name. I forgot what it was called. But she got it in like a um a bolognese sauce. And it's essentially kind of like a, a pork crumbled sausage in there. Dude, it was, like, so good. <laughs> it was stupid how good it was. Because, like, when you normally, like, you think of, like, a bolognese sauce, it's like a meat sauce. So you think of, like, you take the chopped meat, you put it into, like, a red sauce, and that's kind of it. It kind of has, like, that that chopped meat flavor, right. you know? But this, it was such a unique like flavor like it had that slightly it had that seasoning of a sausage mm. she let me take a taste of her food this is what i know um it had like a, the seasoning and taste of a sausage and it had that pork flavoring to it as well but it wasn't like 100 percent that it was like a nice mixture and then someone else got um oysters over uh over pasta someone else got um the fettuccine with uh in like a cream sauce with 
peas and and crumbled sausage uh and then someone else got it was just all good i took some pictures oh they got um they got the pork osabuco which is like a pork shank mm. and it actually had like a little spoon in there so you could take the bone marrow out of the bone and Ooh, eat it with the pork nice. it was really like everything was so good and then we had like uh, so, uh you know different desserts and whatnot mm. uh but we've been there before and it's always been good but yeah i mean we the, the valentine's day it's it's an opportunity to kind of treat ourselves and to get away from stress because mm. for me any time that we're able to break away from anything that's kind of bogging us down to me that in and of itself is enough i don't i don't really need extravagance or anything like that at this point for me it's just like if it's something that takes me away from what i'm thinking about and like we can just enjoy company our company together that's that's it but i mean for us a lot of times date night is involving us going and eating because we just we love to eat yeah that's it's, it's like like we'll like you know like we'll like one year like the first year we were at the house we made heart-shaped pizzas we did oh. homemade pizzas ourselves uh another night uh, another time we did like we did dinner at dario's um uh, with some friends last year uh claire's gonna hate me because i forgot what we did last year um it's like on the tip of my tongue like i know what it was and it's okay you know what Claire remembers, and she'll get mad at me, and she'll say, how did you forget? It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I forgot what I was going to go off of on this. Oh, well, man. I forgot. I mean, for me, like, uh, it's just like any, any date idea is, like, doing things by yourselves, like cooking at home and whatnot is fun. Doing stuff together with other people is fun. Um, oh, we did have one terrible one, though, if I want, if we Not can really. segue to terrible things. Okay. Uh, we did a dinner date once at a place that was normally pretty good. And then the menu this time around was kind of meh. Mm. And then we, I got a dessert. Uh, I don't know if it was all the same, same time, but I got this one dessert. It was supposed to be like some kind of like strawberry dessert. And it was just like mush. I think it was supposed to be like, like, it was like a dessert. You can eat it out. It came out in like a martini glass. And it was just like the mushy strawberry, like looks like it. It, it felt like it was like pre-digested. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the 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 texture and the flavor was like so yeah, bad. You gotta pay extra for that. So. Yeah, apparently. I mean, but it was just like I remember that was like one of the worst things ever uh, I've had. And of course, it was a Valentine's Day date. And there was one time we went to a a, a Portuguese restaurant, and their Valentine's Day menu was all Italian food. <laughs> so i was like this isn't even portuguese like this is chicken parmesan <laughs> are the foods similar uh portuguese food or no probably not right no i mean there's some differences i mean yeah. uh you know like because like portuguese portugal is like was right the menu- off the sea so it's, it's like a, it hmm? was the menu in italian or was it like <laughs> no it was in, it was in english it was a okay. prefix like you know you they they had a preset menu for valentine's day ah, i gotcha yeah, so it wasn't their normal full menu. So they just, like, essentially probably picked, like, popular items. Like, like veal, parmesan, chicken right. parmesan, filet mignon, like, things like that. Like, like you know, like, a fish option, like, in you know, a lemon mm. sauce, etc. So it wasn't, like, they didn't really, like, give their full normal menu. And it was just, like, well, all right. Well, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't what we were expecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, we haven't had the opportunity, really, to kind of get away and do stuff. 
Like, the idea of, like, spending time and just kind of doing that, like, where you guys vibe together, that's cool. I like that. It's, yeah. And it's, it's in my head now. And even uh, if it, like, goes goes bad, like, like it's an experience. Like, uh... Yeah, no, it's... It, it's exactly. It's not sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix. Exactly, you know? yeah. Like, it's... Like, if we had a like terrible a... experience, like, doing something, it's still kind of, like, hilarious, because then you look back and you're like, that was terrible, you know, like... Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, even, like, it's why people keep going out drinking when they know what it's like to get drunk and be hungover. Mm. It's because then you can talk about it and make fun of each other for <laughs> it, you know, or just, like, make fun of the experience. It's, it, it, it's, it's enjoyable just to do something. Yeah. So, I mean, have you had any kind of, like, bad experiences? On Valentine's Day, um, oh, I feel like the first few times when in New York, I was uh, in lab. T- oh yeah, like like I was always in lab till like past midnight on Valentine's Day for some reason. I, I think even one one of the times when Sarah and I were dating, it might have been one. I think one year Sarah and I actually had an experiment together. I, I forget if this was on Valentine's Day, but. We were, I was helping her out with an experiment and we were just doing this experiment to like three or 4 a.m. Uh, and then that was the, val- I think, I'm pretty sure that was Valentine's Day. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was that. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was just something to look back on and be like, wait, that was Valentine's Day. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's sometimes like your best memories are when you do things spontaneously. Yeah, and it's not yeah. necessarily on a set like holiday. It's kind of like the music, you know, the, like we were talking about, like things happen just yeah. randomly, you know. And those are the best things than pre-scripts, you know, like. Exactly. I mean, like Claire and I had, we we started getting the habit recently, like, because uh, we have a record player now. Oh really? Yeah. Going and hella uh, analog. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's honestly, it's 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 a very different experience. I've I've talked about it in the past, but it it's it's just you feel more involved in the mm. actual experience because it's not, you know, just saying putting it on and then it just automatically kind of like goes to the next song and then like when you run out of songs, it just plays the next related album and like it doesn't stop because that's what digital is now, Spotify mm. or, or YouTube Music, etc. So with this, it's just like you know you have. 30 minutes of music maybe on one side it plays through you hear the noise you hear the needle come up Mm. and you know you have to get up you have to flip it around and like it's also a visual you sit there you can stare at it while it's spinning and it's you hear the crackling you know it's moving it's 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 somewhat alive yeah and it more so with older records than with newer records Mm. especially because the you know older records are all analog recordings so you you hear it more so with them than you do on newer digitally recorded recordings it's minor, obviously, and it obviously depends on the quality of your headphones or your speakers, but there is a, I feel like there's a subtle difference, and it's something like you get a different vibe and you get a different feeling when you listen to, it's like it's almost like you're, you're listening to a piece of history, mm. and it's never going to sound the same the next time you play it, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, is, which is really cool about records, but I mean, there was a day where Claire and I just, oh yeah, last year for Valentine's Day, we went... Um, we had cinnamon buns for breakfast, Claire made, mm. and then we went out and we hung it at the brewery in town, and we kind of just chilled out, and then we came home and we had food and we watched a movie together. That's what we did, and that was nice because like I stayed awake while we watched the movie also. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
recently, like what just a really cool experience was we went to a record store. That's you know? cool, yeah. We just like we just went to a record store together and we spent like twenty five minutes just browsing all the albums, like finding any bargain sales we could have. And, you know, the record store we went to, if a record doesn't like they had they had like two boxes of records just outside. Because if it didn't meet their standard, they just put it out there for anyone to take. <laughs> so not only did we go and find these records and albums randomly that we wanted to listen to or try out, um, we also were able to go outside and be like, oh, well, these were someone else's trash. And now they're going to be like something that we're going to keep. And we found like a few albums here or there. And it's like it was a really cool experience just to go do that and then come home and sit in the living room and just sit there with like a drink or a book and just have that music playing and it's just kind of like a nice quaint experience and so like that is, you know like on a sunday afternoon it was kind of like a really fun thing to do that that does sound awesome like, like damn like like the fact that it's like almost like a relic of history sitting outside of like a record store yeah. that you just pick up and the, one, one of them was the uh the soundtrack to west side story <laughs> oh, really? It, yeah it, it's funny that it's like it, yeah like you said like it's uh someone else's trash is like your treasure or mm -hmm. and, and and the fact that it is like an occasion like it is like um like, I, I feel like the way you describe putting the needle on and hearing all the crackling and, and like like all the the sensory stimulus that you're getting from it like makes it so much more interactive than pressing play you know like yeah because i mean when when we have music playing, it's it's. I mean, obviously, like you and I both are big music listeners. Mm. Like we we do pay attention, but you do end up like, and this has happened to me from time to time, where it's just like I've kind of lost a little bit of that magic that kind of like made me revolve around music, and I'd lose it, and then I had to try to find out how to get it back. And it, you know, especially because of how easily accessible all music is now yeah, like yeah the second something is released you can listen on it all of your devices on any speaker any headphones and you know now it's just like well we have a speaker just playing the radio in the background all day or we have you know just like music related to a specific song or artist just playing and you just forget that it's there yeah because it just keeps playing you know and it just becomes a background noise and this record player it can't be a background noise it doesn't let itself become a background noise because of the fact that it has such a short lifespan before you have to go and interact with it again right. to bring it back to life. <laughs> and then not only right, that, so. and it's like even just like even with like CDs or cassettes, it's just like you take it out, you pop it in the case, it mm. fit, it's easy, you close it up, you go. <laughs> Records are a fucking pain in the ass because – you, you take it out, you have to make sure not to touch the grooves, and then you have to make sure that it fits in the sleeve. Because mm. some of them come with a sleeve, and then they go in the actual sleeve. They have, like, a cover and then a sleeve. Mm. The older records, those the, they're, it's all paper. So oh. it's not the same size as when it originally was per, like produced. So my dad just gave me a Cream album, like mm. like an original, like, pressing of these Cream albums, like, uh, from Cream. Like from like the seventies or the sixties. And it's like you put it in the sleeve, the sleeve's got tears on it, so now it's like when you put it in, you have to make sure that you hold it so it doesn't fall through. And then you have to put that back into the actual sleeve of the album of, of the LP. And the thing about that is like, well the LP's fifty, sixty years old. Actually, I take it back, it's sixties. 
it's 60 years old this mm. this record right and so you're, like, you're trying to get this in and it's got like these slight bends and things like that so it's like it becomes a nuanced kind of puzzle to get it in <laughs> so it 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 becomes a complete so it has process. nothing to do with music it's just it has like nothing to do with activity the music. that <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a challenge it's be, it's, yeah it's just become an activity now but it's just like it's also like knowing that going into it like you know you're taking it out you know that you're gonna have to do this in the end like you're you're accepting this process you know it's gonna be an event and it, it the music just sounds different it because of all of these things it's like it's like uh it's like foreplay, <laughs> you know, and then it's also the sandwich afterwards. That's that's what it is. Yeah. It's a complete experience. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Like that, that's how uh, I think about like my coffee in the morning. Like I could easily get a coffee maker, but then like it's just something I do every day. It's just like put beans in, in the grinder, grind the beans and then put it in the V60 pour over thing. You had uh, when I made it for you. Yeah, right? yeah. Was, uh, Claire doesn't shut up about it. <laughs> it's just, it's it wasn't that. Uh, oh, maybe I, I bought like good beans that time, but uh. <laughs> trust me, when Claire finds out someone likes coffee, she's like, "Have you ever had a pour over?" <laughs> At my our friend Rocky did it for us in Boston. It was so good. It's like the best coffee I ever had. It's 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 nice. To, it's it's like like you said, like an activity. But now I just mm-hmm. do it unconsciously. It's just like. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, "Fuck, I need, I need coffee." <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. When it becomes a routine, is where it kind of sometimes loses loses a little bit of its luster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's still, but I mean, still something that like like the routine. There's still like magic in in it just being surely a routine. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I also like to. I mean, that's also where you can kind of experiment a little bit. Like for example, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like we have the Nespresso. Like if we're talking coffee, mm. we have the Nespresso. It's kind of like. A, a much better version of, of Keurig, mm. you know? So it's got the pods, but it's much better quality, you mm. know, and whatnot. Not to say we're fancy, but <laughs> it's nice. Um, but we also have your standard percolator. You know, you put the coffee grinds in, right. boils the water, plop, 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 and then it saturates. Um, but, you know, when you sip it, you're like, well, it tastes like this. And, you know... Claire likes to just buy the Maxwell house because it's the same thing. I grew up on Folgers. Like, my parents would buy mm. the big Folgers red tin, mm. red red plastic thing, and then they would make, like, nine cups of coffee for themselves. Uh, but so I was like, well, and funny enough, the reason I thought of this was because of John. Mm. Um, because, like, when when they smoke, like, they'll put tobacco in with, like, the weed to make it smoother. Mm. Right? So I was like, Sometimes coffee's a little harsh, so I started putting cocoa powder in with it, or like hot chocolate oh, mix. Oh, like mocha, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, start... so I was like, I started to experiment with that. I'm like, all right, um, and then I then I started buying the beans sometimes from the the spot in town, and I would grind them. Yeah, myself, completely like in, different tastes, right? Yeah, completely different, mm-hmm. and I would grind them to different sizes. Mm. I would make, I would buy two different types. I'd mix them see and so like it just became something where it it's something that is like an everyday thing but at the same time now i'm just trying to perfect it yeah and yeah. experiment like perfection through experimentation and not necessarily perfection because like learning you can yeah. like more than one thing so you can come up with different profiles that will suit you on any kind of different day right but yeah. it's it's something where it's like even like what your pour over method like 
you know, you're a scientist, and you'll be like, well, let me try the water at different temperatures. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Let me let me try, you know, mixing two different types of beans yeah. together. What or if I agitated the more temperatures of the beans when I go to do it initially? Like, yeah, you know, do cold beans give me a different flavor than if I heat the beans before I pour it over? Mm. Things like that. So it, it, you know, it just becomes something where it's just like you don't really need to fuck with it because it does the job. But right. you know what? It's kind of fun. Yeah, and you learn like like the only way you learn is by like through experimentation, like like where you have like your control exactly. like every day, and then you do something different, and then you learn more about the process subconsciously, you know, as you're doing it yeah. over and over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but on that note, we are going to take our last ad break. Um, and this is something that Rocky's not familiar with, uh, but as we always said, for a dollar a day, you can save Lars's house. For an additional dollar now, you can also save Mike's house. So, donate two dollars today! Hey there, if you're hearing this, you've already made it through a decent chunk of this week's episode, and that's pretty awesome. Lars and I are doing our best to bring worthwhile content to your earholes on a weekly basis. That being said, it's way easier to stay up to date using our website and social media. Check us out at nerdy30podcast.com, 30 is with a three zero. It has links to all of our social media so you can subscribe and like on every platform we're on. Or just go ahead and go to Instagram or Twitter and search at nerdy30podcast, again, 30 is a three zero, to find us quick and easy. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. We're having a blast making it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. When we're back, welcome back to Nerdy and 30. Thank you for listening to our last ad. I hope you all donated your uh, fictitious dollars to Lars and Mike. Uh, we're going to just be closing it out now. Um, we got uh, Rocky the Pasta Man uh, going to be giving us his music suggestions. Uh, since he is the guest, and I already briefed him on how this all goes, and he listens to us all the time anyway, so he knows how it goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's listening to every episode, uh, back Multiple and forth. Multiple times, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, why don't you give us, uh, your recommendations and whatnot? Uh, so, I guess, uh, one, one song, um, that is just kind of, like, infectious, uh, is, uh, Conan Moccasin's, uh, Forever Dolphin Love. It's like a, a pretty long song, but it I, I listened to it countless times, I feel like, on repeat. And uh, and the other song um well, I've been oh sorry. With with Conan, like so like obviously there's a good possibility that not a lot of people have listened to him. Yeah, yeah. There's a possibility they have. But I mean like does he sound like anybody in particular? Like, so, is he like for fans of something specific? Like, any background on him? So he he sounds like the guitar sounds kind of like Mac DeMarco ish. Uh, sometimes um, he he has a kind of a distinctive guitar style. Um, uses a lot of vibrato going in and out of tune. Um, but uh, at, at least his earlier stuff, I'm. Not so much. Uh, I, I, it's hard to get into his newer stuff. Um, it's a little out there. Um, but yeah, his older stuff on uh, Forever Dolphin Love, um, the guitar parts are, are pretty awesome. It's it's like a simple um, but groovy and, uh, and kind of like going in and out of tune, um, just the style that he's playing. 
Um, yeah, so so I'd say kind of sounds like um, Mac DeMarco, if if anyone knows him. Yeah, I I just took a listen because I was curious what yeah. the song sounded like. It's, that that I, one, yeah, it sounds kind of like a, a psychedelic rock. Like yeah, like, I I the vocal effect on there immediately made me think of the Mars Volta. Oh really? Yeah. I feel like it, I feel like it's an effect that was used pretty often, or like a similar effect, not the same one, but. Yeah. Like the 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 effect sounded familiar like that. And then my immediate thought after that was like the doors. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was, and, it's kinda like and Grizzly Bear. Yeah, it kinda so sounds was, like Grizzly Bear, yeah. So I was like it was like a mashup of like, you know, instrumentally like if Grizzly Bear and the Doors collaborated. Yeah. And then had the singer for the Mars Volta. Yeah, it's very <laughs> high pitched voice. Uh but it's it's a cool it's a cool thing. It's definitely laid back, but like you said, groovy. Yeah, it's super groovy. Um, I, I love the guitar licks, and then uh, there's a bunch of live versions that are uh, are, are pretty pretty good um, on YouTube or, or whatnot. But nice, yeah. that's pretty dope. And um, what was your your second go around? Second go around, uh, I've, I've been really into um, like experimental electronic music lately. So I've been listening to um, a lot of Jenny Haval. Um, mm-hmm. She she does uh, she. I, yeah, she's a Norwegian um, uh, producer. Um, she she does a lot of uh, like experimental work, kind of kind of really cool um, spoken word stuff. Uh, I, okay. I love like how she crafts the album. But like you're listening to the music, and then she'll start talking over some like ambient noise, and it it comes off like creepy. But then you 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 kind of get the narrative a little bit even though it doesn't necessarily i i don't know it's it's it it really uh appeals to me for, for uh gosh gotcha. so it, it, yeah. it's like a song and like a story yeah kind like, of um in and, a more literal sense almost yeah there was even like like she's talking about making the album she's like she's having a conversation with her friends um about this album and then like one of her friends is like oh that's so basic like like and that's like one of the songs in the general scheme of the album so it's like very self-referencing like um the anchor points for where you're listening to an album is kind of moved because like she's talking about the album in the album it's very uh inception yeah so uh, one of the uh, one of my favorite songs from her is uh, "Conceptual Romance." Mm-hmm. Um, it it just has like a lot of really good um, uh, synth parts and uh, vocal parts. Um, yeah, no, it's just just a solid song. It's from her earlier stuff. She's also put out a a bunch of good singles uh, lately. So yeah, I I took a listen. Yeah, it's it's definitely like laid back. And I would say probably more vocally driven, not in the sense where it's like very busy with words, but that the like a lot like a lot of songs, you know, in order for the song to progress, it's usually like a guitar lick changing or a bass lick changing or a drum change. But in this case, it's like the it's the audio. It's like the vocals. I mean, Uh, you know, it's not it's not repetitive in the sense necessarily. Mm. Like, Like you said, it's like a progression. Uh, like a story, so it's kind of it's pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's super interesting. Yep. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, so it's cool. All right, so Jenny Haval, and it's H-V-A-L. Well, you know, as normal, we'll try to tag everybody we can. Sometimes the artists don't have Twitters, Twitter accounts. Mm. Uh, so I was starting to sound really old calling it Twitters. Uh, <laughs> but they might have a Twitter account or have an Instagram account. Um, but like you said, like she's she's still actively putting stuff out. Like mm. I see like she's got albums out in 2021. So Yeah, she put out a single like maybe yeah, a year like of a few weeks ago yeah yeah all right cool and look at that it's got a music video for it too really i, I didn't know that I, I saw or i know her last single before that one jupiter is really good too um yeah well her new single actually surpassed her old single in the terms of the music video oh really it's like actually views or views yeah so the number of times people watch it on youtube wow it's only been like a few weeks or, or I guess it's only, yeah, only 27,000 yeah. views since it's been out. Yeah. Is that a lot? I, I don't know what's a lot oh anymore. Oh, my goodness. You really do live in a box, my guy. I, I seriously do. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. I keep forgetting I don't have, that you're I like, don't use it, any social media whatsoever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, if you ever come back to New York, we'll have to get you caught up to speed. <laughs> yeah. As in live in New York so I can constantly educate you. Yeah, I'd I'd love to. We'll see how things work. <laughs> of course, but until then, I'll tell you some more music choices from my side. Okay. All right. So, um, I went with oh well. Before I do that, um, we got to give this the Drinkify options, uh, for Rocky's artists. So, um, we'll do uh, Conan Moccasin first. Uh, he is just. Six ounces of Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey served on the rocks. And, I mean, I feel like a New Zealander would drink that while listening to that music. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, that makes sense. Uh, and then for Jenny, um, she's one bottle of McKellen scotch served neat. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, listening to that music, I could see someone downing a bottle of, of scotch. While wait, wait, a whole music. bottle? <laughs> like a, like a whole fucking bottle. <laughs> it's it's intense but hey man that's a trip yeah for real uh that's that's intense it's not the craziest thing we've like we've been suggested drinkified doesn't necessarily get things well like done well um so the songs i'm doing uh so this artist um they're based out of the uk uh i only really kind of started listening to them fairly recently i've been like i'm constantly trying to expand the repertoire of artists that i listen to and kind of expand the genres i mean i do end up falling back into some niche genres that i always listen to but uh because the genre is relatively uh new um in the last like 20 years or so like it's still producing a ton of artists uh so this this uh this band is called chalk hands uh, this song is called Arms, and it's off their album Burrows and Other Hideouts. Uh, they're still putting out new stuff, and I would say sound-wise, they're somewhere between La Dispute, At the Drive-In, and Secret Band. Uh, so they have, like, like you were talking about last time, like, some stuff that feels like spoken word, mm. but it's not, like, where they're talking. <laughs> it's where it's, it's, like, yelling. You know, it's like a like an aggressive kind of sound. It's not really spoken. It's uh, yeah. Yelling so I mean, word. like if 
like if you if you listen to if you've ever listened to Law Dispute, like that styling, uh, or um, against me, you know, mm. where it's he's kind of like yelling and talking. So it's like he's not like calmly explaining something. He's just like wit's end kind of like yelling kind of vibe. Gotcha. Um, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I've only kind of started listening to him recently. It's it's a majority instrumental with some vocals mixed in there. They just put a new uh, put a new uh, single out. It's completely in French, so I purposely didn't pick it because I can't say it. <laughs> um, but it's on there if you if you look them up. Uh, it's a 2022 release. Um, their drinkify drink is one blue paddle served cold, garnished with a cocktail monkey. Um, I don't know what a blue paddle is. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, so the blue paddle's a beer. Huh. Yeah. So it's a it's a pilsner. Oh there. Oh, from so where? it's a so one blue paddle and then a cocktail monkey. I think we looked these up before. Uh, a cocktail monkey is literally a monkey, <laughs> just that hangs off of a cocktail. <laughs> I don't fucking know. These things are crazy. Um, all right, and then so my my second suggestion is a band that. Um, we were talking about it earlier where it's like, you know, you have musicians that um, can vibe together and they feel comfortable and they play well together. Uh, this band kind of comes from that. So there's a lot of bands that I listen to that are kind of within the same circle. Um, the, the genre is essentially called Swancore. Uh, Rocky's opinion on it is that it all sounds the same. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, for anyone, obviously, like, if you listen to enough of it, you start to hear the differences, uh, and things don't always always sound the same. But uh, this band is a product of, of two artists from two of those bands. Um, it's called Nova Charisma. Um, the uh, the song is called Lies Animals Tell, and it's from their EP Exposition One. Um, it, you know, again, like I said, it's like. If you like swancore music, which is like post-hardcore music, uh, surrounded by like the guitar stylings of like Dance Gavin Dance, for example, like if someone's from the outside looking in, so it's, you know, it's it's got musicianship in there. It's not super duper experimental anymore because there is like a form factor to it now, but it's a variation of if you listen to the band Hail the Sun because it's the same vocalist, uh, but it handles different subject matter and it's definitely a bit catchier and poppier. Um, you know, so when you listen to this, it's not as necessarily gritty or aggressive as Hail the Sun. Um, it, it's definitely something, I guess, poppier is the best way I can explain it. Um, and the EP is only three songs. So, and it's like, I remember listening to it. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, like I was saying, like, sometimes like you kind of lose that luster on music when you when you listen to it too much and you're waiting for something to kind of hit. And this kind of did it for me at a time when I was kind of looking for new music to listen to. And so it came from a familiar source, which was kind of nice. So I was already aware of it coming. So it was exciting to, to listen to it. And it's, it's it's a good EP. Honestly, it's a really good EP. I listen on repeat a lot, like too much. Uh, and the drinkified drink for them is just four ounces of Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. Served neat. Garnished with cocktail onions. 
it's a lot of a lot, a lot of whiskey, whiskey and yeah. scotch. Um, but and then chalk hands. Oh yeah, I miss chalk hands. Chalk hands is just a Bud Light, served cold. <laughs> oh yeah, I no no I did I did them. So let me refrain, rephrase. Uh, so chalk hands. If you if you do it on Drinkify, chalk hands doesn't work. It gives an error. So I had to do them separately. So the chalk is the one blue paddle with the cocktail monkey, and the hands is one Bud Light served mm. cold. So that means that if you're going to listen to them, you have to drink a Blue Paddle and a Bud Light. So two beers. <laughs> yeah, not terrible. But um, those are my choices. Chalk Hands, Nova Charisma, and then Rocky's choices was uh, Conan Moccasin and uh, Jenny of All. Uh, very, very different styles of music. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you're listening and you go to listen to that music and you click on the links that we tied to our, our, our tweets and our, in, our Instagram post... Uh, you'll be in for a pretty eclectic style of of, of genres of music. Um, but yeah, that's it. Any final words, Rocky? You want to leave with the uh, two or three people that are listening to this? <laughs> Do you have like a sign off or like? Not usually. It's just any eat random fresh, shit we feel like eat saying. Better and eat more better. Do you ever eat watch more better? Did, Do you ever watch uh, or listen to um, uh, the Sporkful? No. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Well, come up with, well, what do you want to say, Rocky? Say it. Uh, I don't know. We should Three, come two, up one, with a go. sign-off. Um, I, I don't know. Okay, well, um, give, wait, this is Rocky's first podcast, I think. Yeah, this is my right? first podcast ever. We, we we popped his podcast, Cherry. Yep. Um, I hope he's not in too much pain. Been initiated. Yeah. So I would say, uh, again... Thanks for uh, sticking around and listening to this and supporting us the best you can. Uh, don't uh, fuck up Valentine's Day. You know, enjoy your date. And if you fuck it up, at least make sure that it's a funny fuck up. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. So see you later, bitches. Say goodbye, Rocky. Bye-bye. <laughs> and we're done.